0: This is episode nine of the Joy in Failure podcast. Hello and welcome to the Joy in Failure podcast. I'm your host, Joy Doi Okunea, and I created this Joycast to help you navigate life's failures more easily. My intention is to make failing less taboo and more fun. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Money is not the dream. The dream is what money helps us accomplish. Bala Shokumbi. Hello everybody. Hi, welcome, welcome, welcome again to another episode of the Joy in Failure podcast. I'm so excited today. Okay, I know I'm excited all the time, but particularly today because I get to share a very good friend of mine with you. Her name is Bala Shokumbi and she's so, so awesome. And in this episode, she teaches us how to adopt a money mindset and live life on our own terms, which is so, so rad. And for those of you who don't know who Bala is, Bala is a certified financial education instructor, finance expert, speaker, writer, podcaster, social media influencer, and the founder of Clever Girl Finance. This is a platform that empowers and educates women to make the best financial decisions for their current and future selves and to pursue their dreams of financial independence in order to live life on their own terms. Clever Girl Finance has also been voted as one of the top personal finance websites for women. Bola has been featured by New York's Pix 11 News, CBN News, the Chicago Tribune, as well as on several other finance websites and podcasts. Now you guys need to check her out. I'm going to put all the info in the show notes. You can definitely follow her. Definitely follow her. You need to follow her. She has such great information, such nuggets on how to truly help you achieve that financial freedom we we're all craving to achieve so check her out on clever girl finance at clever girl finance you can check her on the website as well as instagram twitter all the social media platforms that she has some really great videos on youtube i actually just did a video interview with her so please check it out i hope you love it also you might hear a little fuzziness in the background i might have been hitting the microphone out of excitement interviewing bola so please pardon production hiccups. Okay. Anyway, here's the episode. Enjoy. Hi everybody. Hello. Hi Bola. Hey Joy. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. I'm excited. <laughs> Yay! So I just want to like kind of just go in. I've already I am previously to this, I shared an intro on who you are and what you do. So I wanted to just kind of like delve in because I look at you and I truly, you're truly inspiring. I really admire you and how you've been able to just create, I feel, this empire, <laughs> this tribe of fantastic women um, and just motivating them and empowering them to take charge of their finances. So if you could just go give us a snapshot into who you are and how did you get here?
1: Sure. And so, like I said, thank you so much for having me. So my name is Paula. Hi to all the joy in failure listeners. And I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. And Clever Girl Finance is a platform I created to empower women to take charge of their personal finances and get to a point where they're actually able to live life on their own terms and achieve what they deem is their own standard of financial Mm -hmm. success. And that's something that I'm really passionate about. Mm -hmm. It's something that I am, you know, very motivated to help women achieve and that's basically what cleverball finance is about ah.
0: <laughs> so that's like so um, inspiring um so of course you know this is the joy in failure and <laughs> i think that finance is like the perfect um perfect analogy yes. as to how i think we've all had like financial mishaps we've all had like money mishaps so How would you, first of all, like, how would you define failure? Like, what is failure to you when you hear that word failure? What do you think?
1: So failure in terms of finances or failure in terms of your life in general? Both. I would say both. Particularly finances, but both. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'll start with failure in general. To me, failure in general is just basically when you are not in the place where you want to be. You know, that can be considered as failure because you may know what you need to do to get to where you're trying to go or you may have tried so hard to get where you're trying to go and you're still not there. That in a way could be considered failure but I also will caveat that and say that I don't consider that failure being final. Um, unless you're dead, <laughs> because if you're still here, and if your goals are still there, and if that dream is still there, then there's still the potential for you to actually be able to achieve it. Mm-hmm. So that's one um, failure when it comes to finances for me personally is being broke, and, <laughs> and that's not to say that anybody who is listening that is broke is a failure. Is just saying that if I'm ever in a space where and I'm I'm if I'm ever in a space where I'm broke and I've, I've accepted that I am broke and I'm okay with it, then that's failure to me. Mm-hmm. So that's how I look at mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: failure. <laughs> <laughs> that's very interesting. Because I also, I, I'm mm-hmm. going back to when, I remember when you first started and you had this, I feel like it was very transformative w- workshop here at home.
1: Yeah, so we're in my house recording. Yes, my house recording.
0: And I remember, <laughs> I remember it so deeply because you made us kind of you made us dream first like kind of do a vision of where we see ourselves and i think you were trying to extrapolate for us what our why Mm -hmm. was like why do we want to be wealthy why Mm -hmm. do we want to be you know millionaires and all that good stuff and that was like super helpful and i think another thing you also i feel have taught me is being able to face your fails, right? Like mm-hmm. being able to face your money fails. Because I remember I used to be um so hesitant about even checking my bank account, right? Like I didn't even want to see what was there. <laughs> I didn't want to have to see, oh you know, I just overdraft on that. Like I didn't want to have to face that. Mm-hmm. And I think it was very helpful the way like learning from you how to be able to just face it. Like look at everything, bring out all the things you owe, like just put everything on the table mm-hmm. and being able to face that and I feel like that has been very transformative for me in my life to be able to do that and then say okay then what? Mm -hmm. Like what do I need to do to move forward. So I just like really want to be able to thank you (laughs) um for that. Um but another thing I know you talk about because you you know you teach ways on how to use tools to be able to manage your money but something you also touch on is the money mindset. Right? Mm -hmm. Like how to be able like it's all about mindset. It's a it's a huge portion I know you said on being able to have that millionaire mindset so what is money mindset to you what's the ideal money mindset and how do we um utilize it and how do we get to that part you know that place where we really love who we are and the mindset we have
1: so i think it's you know when you think about money mindset it's kind of similar to the mindset you have around fitness this is like the classic example where a lot of people go out, go to the gym and they work out and they work out and they wonder why they're not losing the weight, so, you mm-hmm. know, and the, the, the mindset around that is that it's 20% of working out but then it's really 80% of what you put in your body it's 80% of the diet and with finances it's, it's similar it's 20% of the actions you take the organizing the budgeting the planning the saving etc but then the other 80% is really what's happening in your head and it's it's the the battle with self it's challenging yourself to get past those hurdles when you're having those internal conversations about should you or shouldn't you save should you or shouldn't you pay off your debt should, should you or shouldn't you do certain things that may either put you forward or set you back financially. Mm-hmm. So that eighty percent is a big deal and you know when it comes to people not accomplishing their financial goals, that's that's the part the hard part, the mindset part, that's the part where they tend to fail. And so it's knowing that okay, the easy part is the part that people really think is hard, which really isn't. Because when you think about money management and learning how to budget, learning how to save, learning financial concepts and financial terms, those are all things that you can learn. It's like any subject. It's like learning how to ride a bike, learning how to swim. You dedicate the time to it, you'll learn how to do it. But with the mindset thing, it's like a cons- continuous, consistent thing that you have to keep working at, right? You don't. You, the only way you can master it is if you stay working at it. You don't master it and walk away from being, you know, having a firm handle on your mindset. You can master budgeting and say, okay, I now know how to budget, but you can't say, oh, I'm now the master of my mindset and then go off and keep going to the mall every single day and expect not to face temptation, which Mm -hmm. is kind of like a random example. Mm -hmm. So then what do you do to make sure that you keep your mindset in check? And that's where people need to kind of put themselves knowing that that mindset part is is the biggest hurdle they need to climb when it comes to becoming financially successful. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm. So what are the kind of, what types of things can we do, you know, on a day-to-day basis that can help us adopt that money mindset?
1: (laughs) So there are a number of different things. I think one of the first things is one of the things you alluded to, which is first and foremost, you have to determine your why, why do you want to even achieve financial success? Cause once you have the why you're more compelled to take the actions. And you know, when you initially want to improve your finances, once you, once you initially want to make changes, there is this whole feeling of euphoria and you're excited, you're motivated, you're gonna get all your bills out, you're gonna start making taking actions, taking steps. But as time progresses, right, because financial change does not happen in overnight in two weeks for most people it's going to take several months and several years mm-hmm. when you start to make this change you start to get into the motions and that euphoria leaves mm-hmm. right and you have to get into that space where okay you know your why because your why is what's going to help you move through those motions that's one thing the other thing is you have to let go of the mistakes that you made in the past and understand that those mistakes were mistakes mm-hmm. and everybody who has who has any level of financial success have made mistakes with their money in the past and it's letting go and not judging yourself because a lot of people especially women will hold on to mistakes and be like well you know i'm just bad with money i'm not good at saving i'm not good at budgeting um i had a conversation with a woman yesterday and she just came to me and she told me you know i'm, I'm just an emotional an emotional spender I accepted that i'm like "Why? Well, you've already accepted it and that means that's what you are you have to forgive yourself for that and figure out okay I made those mistakes, but what lessons can I learn? What are the things that trigger me to be this emotional spender? What are the things that trigger me to hate budgeting and what can i do to change it does that mean i call my budget something else other than a budget does that mean i call it something that motivates me like because i'm so amazing this is my plan to build wealth budget Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. you know is it that instead of taking the shortest route to work where you drive through all the stores you take the other route that takes you 15 minutes longer Mm -hmm. but it removes the temptation from you Mm -hmm. is it that you only keep money in your debit account? That is to pay your bills, knowing that if you touch this money to buy Starbucks or whatever, it's going to overdraft your account and put the rest of your money in a savings account where you can't easily access it. Mm. So you have to figure out what can you do to overcome those mistakes and move forward and try your best to be objective when you're thinking about it. And so you have to detach the emotion from your finances. And that's really hard to do sometimes. But when you think about your money as a tool, it makes it a little bit easier because money is just a tool. It's a tool to help you achieve your dreams help you live a better life that's what it is money is not the dream right mm. the dream is what you is what money can help you accomplish so mm. there's that and then you also want to be mindful of who and what you're surrounding yourself with right those are the things that are going to help you keep your, your mind in the right space and i always love to use the love and hip hop example mm. like <laughs> <laughs> you spend all your time watching love and hip hop i can't imagine what kind of <laughs> mindset motivation you're getting from that i mean it's okay to watch it yeah. but at the same time you want to spend more of your time listening to and watching people and surrounding yourself with people who have accomplished things that you want to accomplish people who are going to motivate you people who are like-minded who are pursuing similar goals not people who are going to talk you down who mm-hmm. are going to tell you your ideas are stupid who are going to tell you oh, you're meant to be broke student loans are okay everybody has them you know mm-hmm. that's why we live in america that kind of stuff you want to be mindful about the people you keep in your circle those are some of the things that you can start doing to work on your mindset. There's books, there's YouTube, there's so many resources that people really don't have any excuses as to why they can't start focusing on getting themselves into the right headspace. but the the first step they have to take is that they have to determine that they want this thing bad enough and wanting it bad enough, ties very strongly into their why why mm-hmm. do you want it in the first place
0: mm-hmm. oh, i love that i love that i love the love of an <laughs> <your pop laughs> analogy too because it's so true and i think it goes back to what you were saying about how you're going to the gym you also have to be very conscious of what you're putting into your body it's not just about the action it's the same thing with mm-hmm. having a money mindset It's mm-hmm. what you feed yourself with yeah. as you are going through to be able to adopt that money mindset. So I absolutely love that. Something that came to mind while um, you were talking was, especially that kind of links to this idea of experiencing the joy in failure. So we failed at money. We've made a mistake, a big mistake, a mishap in terms of money. How do we, how do you think we can still find the joy in that process as we're trying to get ourselves out of that situation? (laughs) (laughs) like we see the credit card bills we know we have you know we faced it we've accepted it we have to pay them off so how do we and you i think you touched on little ways of making things fun because you touched Mm -hmm. on how rather than calling it a budget like this is Mm -hmm. a way to inject fun into this process of getting yourself out of debt or getting yourself to where you really want mm. to go. So how do you find the joy in um, that mess? How would you advise?
1: I think there's two ready? ways. I think, first of all, you want to realize the aha moments in the mess. You know, So you look at your credit card bill and you know that, okay, you owe $10,000, you owe $20,000. It is what it is at this point. You can't go back and rewind the past or whatever. So it is what it is. But then when you look at that number and you feel bad about it, You you can't just let yourself feel bad about it because then you're doing yourself a disservice, right? You're just making yourself feel bad for something that's already happened that you can't change. Mm -hmm. So what you can do is pull out those statements as painful as it may be and go through it and try to figure out what are the things that are the big ticket items on that credit card statement. And perhaps what were the emotions you were feeling when you were purchasing those items? Where were you? Who were you with? Those aha moments will give you insights as to what you need to do differently to change that. And once you have, you know, those insights, it helps you create a plan. And once you create a plan, you get excited because now you have something to execute and work towards. So those aha moments can help you find joy in failure, even though the process of finding the joy may not be that exciting because you're looking at your past. But looking at your past can help you glean lessons that can help you set yourself up for a much better future. So that's really important. Um, The second thing you can do is make it a challenge right so you have this big mountain of debt you need to pay off or you have this big money big amount of money you need to save and just challenge yourself like you know i set this crazy goal for myself i want to see what i can do to actually reach it and make it fun making it make it exciting call the challenge something fun like you know how people you know there's this old oprah video with tony robbins where she was trying to walk he had challenged her and a bunch of other people to walk over um hot coal Mm -hmm. and you know when you walk over hot coal that's like glowing hot red Mm -hmm. you know you get blisters it's very painful some of the coal catches fire and they were putting themselves into this whole mindset mode where they were telling themselves cool wet grass cool wet grass Mm -hmm. and that was the challenge that they were walking over cool wet grass and they had to walk over this long line of coal until they got to the other side Mm -hmm. and they walked over this painful thing telling themselves cool wet grass and they got to the other side unscarred, right? Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that if you we're not in the right frame of mind you would walk over that hot coal and have all kinds of scars and blisters you probably fall over rolling the coal mm-hmm. get even more burnt but they they had a focus that they were going to walk across this thing and in their heads it was going to be easy so mm-hmm. set that challenge and say you know what i don't know how i'm going to do this you may not know all the answers but you're going to do your best you're going to figure out ways you're going to take the lessons and you're going to walk across this thing like it's cool wet grass. that means you know, by whatever power of the universe or by whatever, po- whatever power of God, it's going to be as easy as possible for you and put that out there. And mm-hmm. that's another way to find joy and what it is that you, you want to accomplish. Because knowing that you have a challenge that's exciting you mm-hmm. automatically sparks joy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those oh, are I points.
0: like that. I like that a lot. Because what, um, what I like most about that is because you're putting us in a solution mindset. versus the problem mindset. Because yeah. I think a lot of time we get stuck in just thinking of the problems without really being able to say look at it from a solution standpoint there's a you know there's a way and there's going to be a way as long as I have the will there's a way so I truly like that um another question I do have is can you share a time that you failed particularly <laughs> a money failure and what you learned from that and how you were able to find joy personally in <laughs> that failure <laughs> oh my god um,
1: there's all kinds of Money failures. I'm trying to think of one of interest. I mean I read about them on my blog. There's my the failure of my first credit card, which I've talked about on my own podcast.
0: <laughs> and don't worry, I'll share everything, all there's, her info in the show notes. She's such a great writer.
1: <laughs> there's a pair with my really massive incredible handbag collections. Maybe I'll talk about that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how you found the joy failure, right? The joy money rocking the,
1: joy in the handbags. I didn't really rock them, that was a failure. <laughs> a random example but you know i fail. in fact there's so many different failures like you know i'll just i'll just walk through a number of them so you know college getting my first credit card that was a failure and i had to come out of that i had to tell my parents i had to pay it off you know so that obviously there were lessons there and it helped me understand the feeling about having credit card debt why i hated it why i didn't ever want to have it again and what it takes to pay it off you know i went through that Mm -hmm. there was starting um work and understanding that well not fully understanding what my 401 came meant but you know starting to contributing starting to contribute to that but not maxing it out to me that was a failure because i felt like if i had known better at the time i would have maxed out i would have amassed even more money mm. at that time and so to me you know it was also a lesson learned because i know i as the years progressed i think it took me like three or four years to max it out eventually i actually realized oh my god you know i could actually max out and save more but i had to learn what the 401k was i had to learn what the benefits were and just different things like that so that you know was a failure but like i said at the beginning i never consider a failure final because it's the opportunity to just keep making progress so there is that there was you know my like i mentioned just now my big massive handbag collection i'm a huge luxury handbag girl and i got to a point where i'd saved a lot of money i was making a lot of money the next best thing to do with my money was to buy handbags <laughs> And I think it's okay, you know, if you're listening and you love designer handbags, that's fine. But, you know, it has to make sense. And for me, it didn't make any sense because there were multi-thousand-dollar purses that I was actually not even using. Many of them I had worn once or twice, and I was just amassing this handbag collection for no good reason whatsoever. It was like money sitting in my closet that didn't make any sense. And so to me, that was a failure. But then, you know, the recovery, the comeback was that I sold most of them for more for what i paid or what i or more than what i paid so that was a way to recover and learning the lesson that i don't always have to have so much there's joy in minimalism there's joy in having a little there is you know indulgence can sometimes be detrimental so there's that um you know so those are some of some failures (laughs) There's other recent failures that I've experienced, like that are very random. For instance, you know, going through the Easy Pass and my Easy Pass didn't read, and then I got the Easy Pass letter. (laughs) And I tried to dispute it, but forgot that, you know, like New York State can be funny. And something told me just pay this $15 and I didn't. And of course I got a $50 fine. day with money but it's like you now i know next time first of all i need to order a new easy pass (laughs) what's it called easy pass um i don't
0: know element for my car because mine is not working
1: (laughs) second of all when i get the easy pass letter i need to respond right away and pay my toll right away as opposed to disputing it because my easy pass didn't read so it's just taking lessons and like joy said it's it's taking information and you know celebrating what you now know better and using that to find joy in the situation and move forward. So I fail all the time. I'm not even ashamed of it anymore. Anyway. <laughs> but, you know, every failure has helped me make smarter financial decisions as time has progressed. And that's something I'm really proud of. So I'm proud to fail.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. That's... And what has helped you to become, because, you know, I think anyone from the outside would look at you and say, wow, you know, Bola is so successful. She's been able to create this business on her own. You had several businesses before that as well. So as a person, you are successful. So what has helped you? And you still say you're proud of failing. So how do you basically make that bridge between success and failing, right? And how are you able to navigate all those failures, even though you're able to still be deemed as successful?
1: <laughs> That's funny. I mean, to me, I think the navigating it is just not staying in the space where you have failed, not staying there, okay? It's not like once, as soon as you know better, um, you can't stay where you are and you should always want to strive to know better, right? So the random handbag mm-hmm. example I, I I I I mentioned, so I spent all this money buying thousands and thousands of dollars of handbags and once it kinda of dawned on me that, you know what, this doesn't make sense anymore and I realized how much money I could have been making in Amazon stock and whatever I could have been investing my money in, I had two choices. I could have just kept my handbag and like, you know what, I just wanna buy another one. Mm-hmm. Keep it moving.
0: Right. That's me staying
1: stuck in my failure. Or I could have been like, you know what, I'm not using any of these damn handbags. (laughs) Gotta go. Which was, you know, what I did and that was my way of getting unstuck and moving forward and I got all that money back and I invested it Wisely, so it's about not staying in that space. Easy Pass example is, I could like you know what I'm not paying you this fifty dollars. Send that account to collections, mm-hmm. and I could be sitting here waiting for the collections call, and Easy Pass is charging me a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars on a fifteen dollar mm-hmm. toll. Mm-hmm. So it's all about not letting yourself stay stuck. And once you have the information, once you know what to do differently, once you know the solution, once you know what to do better it's about taking the action. And the minute you know that information and you don't take the action, then you're allowing yourself to stay stuck in your failure and that's when you have failed. Mm. So it's all about regardless of what happens, you keep moving forward using the information you have towards that success, towards that goal that you have set for yourself. And that's just how I look at it.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. And so have you always seen life in that retrospect or
1: seen money in that retrospect? Of course not. And
0: why? <laughs> And what I would say, what beliefs did you have previously? What, Especially money beliefs, because I think that's something that a lot of times we don't even realize money beliefs that we've adopted, you know, we adopted as children and we, you know, we still have <laughs> until we start looking deep down into why do we think that way? So what beliefs did you have prior and how were you able to get the beliefs you have now?
1: Okay. So specifically with, you know, with life in general, you know, I've had... St- you know, being younger, especially when you're young, you're growing, you get to points where you sit and you wallow, you know, for a while and then you have to learn things. So I've not always been of the, you know, of the perspective of, oh, you know, you keep moving towards your success, you overcome and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're young, when you're in your teens and your 20s, you're kind of in this phase of, well, I can't do this or you're not motivated to do things like that. You have your priorities are a little different. But with specifically with money, I, I've always known that there is the option to become wealthy. I've always known that it is a choice. I've always known that what you put in is what you get out. And I've known that from observation. I may not have known that how to I may not have known how to do it on my own. Mm -hmm. But I've seen people like growing up we've all seen people who have had tons of money. We've all seen people who've built businesses from nothing. We've all seen people who have stories, success stories that Mm -hmm. are really incredible. And I've always looked at those people and they've never been any different from me. And my parents never made me feel like anybody was better than me. Mm-hmm. Any other child had more than me. Any mm-hmm. kid whose family was really rich was a better child than me. My parents just didn't raise me that way. They raised mm-hmm. me to be someone that in my head I can think I can accomplish anything. And so mm-hmm. that's just how I've been. Mm-hmm
0: oh my gosh and then how do you another thing that I truly admire is like you know Bola has a successful business and then she's still a mom and then she's still a wife and then she's still a friend and basically you (laughs) have it all (laughs) right you have it all as may appear
1: that's not always the perception is (laughs) the perception right so
0: how are you able to really get that quality of life really feel that quality of life and juggle it. I don't know why was juggling it, but being able to just embody all these different aspects of you and still still find that joy in life.
1: I think that it's really hard to find a balance. Um, you know, I think when people talk about work-life balance, like, you know, I think a lot of that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're going to have to sacrifice certain things to achieve the balance you don't just balance it all out and it all kind of fits into the space mm-hmm. it doesn't all fit you're, ha- you're gonna have to give up some things and it just really depends on what's going on so i try to set boundaries that when i'm working and working when i'm spending time with my, time with my kids and my family this is a time but sometimes mm-hmm. there's overlap right there's sometimes when i have to work um when mm-hmm. it's family time there's sometimes when it's family time when i have to work and it's just trying to make sure that I manage the balance and I manage the sacrifices, but at the same time, in mind Mm -hmm. keeping in mind that what's what's most important to me is always going to be most important to me which is my kids and my family Mm -hmm. so it's you know it's a fine balancing act but it doesn't all fit and i think a lot of women make the mistake of thinking that somehow it all fits it doesn't all fit something always suffers if i'm going to be working my business from 9 to 9 p.m then quality time of my kids and my family that suffers there's no way it doesn't suffer Mm -hmm. you know especially if your kids are not up 24 hours waiting for you to come Mm -hmm. hang out Mm -hmm. it does suffer so it's it's setting boundaries and trying your best to stick to your boundaries and knowing that there's going to be some give and take and also trying not to feel guilty and when you do feel guilty trying to compensate but compensate in the right ways right Mm. you know so spending time as opposed to spending time with your children as opposed to buying them things Mm. you know that's How you compensate, Mm -hmm. because especially when children are small, it's Mm -hmm. they don't really care about what you buy them. Mm -hmm. They just want to hang out with you. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm.
0: that's like very powerful, Uh, very powerful. Because I think same to you, where there was I kind of always was chasing this balance, right, and not realizing as with time I started realizing that it's not about. I think when we say have it all we want everything at the same time. Yeah. Like we want to be able to, okay, I'm a successful mom. I'm doing this. And at the same time I'm feeding my, I mean, I'm doing this to my kids. And for me, that's multitasking. And I don't think there's anything that's beneficial <laughs> with multitasking because you never get you're never fully it, there. Yeah, you're never fully there. You're never fully present. So I think there's so much value in being present in work and yeah. then saying, okay, I'm done with work. Now I'm present with my kids. Yeah. I'm done with that. Okay, I'm pre- like just being present in everything rather than trying to do everything at the same time, uh, or be everything yeah. to everyone at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, I think, yeah, I think. So I'm still figuring
1: I'm... that out. So if anybody knows, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> send
0: us an email. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this was so, so fun talking with you. Of course, we're going to have you more on this show. Um, I think it's so valuable. Um, where can people check you out? Please share because she's amazing. I'm not just saying it because she's a friend of mine. She's just truly amazing and inspiration to me and to so many. And I'm so, so excited to be able to share her with you. So... Share your stuff. Share us. And how can we follow you and keep following you?
1: Oh, uh, Thank you so much for having me here, Denise. Um, So you can find me on my website, clevergirlfinance.com, on Instagram at clevergirlfinance, on YouTube at clevergirlfinance, on Facebook at clevergirlfinance, and, yeah, just Google clevergirlfinance pretty much.
0: Okay. Awesome. And I'll have everything in the show notes, so don't worry about the thing. Okay? Thank, thank, thank you. Until <laughs> next time, see you. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And for more juicy bits that I don't share on the podcast, come over to the website at thejoyinfailure.com. You can also follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Joy Ogunea, which is spelt J-O-Y-O-G-U-N-N-E-Y-E. Until next time live joyfully no matter what.